Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Love Hour. I am your host, Miss Kev on stage, and I am joined by my husband and co-host, the Kev on stage. If you are new here, thank you so very much for joining us for a very special month of the Love Hour. Every month in February, we dedicate to love and sex. We did it last February, and we're doing it again this February. And a- and we're in the new office. And we're in the new office. How could I forget? So you see, bl- oops, sorry, uh, <laughs> Blank walls behind us and a new setup and we have more space between us because we have moved officially out of the old office and we are now into the new space which we love it's much bigger it is nicer we've had welcoming teams come in and greet us there's a cafe I just had an avocado toast with bacon and eggs and it was great is that, that is avocado is? toast. <laughs> Nobody in here agrees with me, but the people of the world. It's avocado toast sandwich. that adds bacon and egg is still avocado toast. <laughs> what makes it avocado toast? When it's just a spread of avocado. No, avocado toast can have eggs too. <laughs> when? All the time. It's not a thing, totally. Avocado toast is avocado toast. What you had is a bacon and egg, bacon and egg sandwich with avocado. And cheese. You just made it worse, actually, by saying cheese. Um, But we are here. Like I said, uh, Kevin and I are not experts. I say this all of the time. We are just really two regular people sharing our experience, navigating this thing called life together in a relationship called marriage. (laughs) Um, So like I said, we are dedicating the entire month of February to love and sex. And we are starting off with a guest here today. Her name is Dr. Shannon Chavez. Did I say it correctly? You did. Exactly right. Girl, I've been practicing. I (laughs) dreamt about your last name last night. Like, don't say it wrong, Melissa. Um, I am super excited to have you here with us. So before we kind of dive right in, I will allow you the opportunity to introduce yourself. Yes. So who am I? I'm a licensed psychologist, a certified sex therapist. I have a private practice called SHAPE sexual health and pleasure enhancement center yes for pleasure enhancement yes we need to talk about pleasure when we talk about sex and so i offer individual and couples counseling i do workshops groups events any way i can get out there and talk about sex is really Let's what talk I about wanted sex, to do because baby. we we need it we all yeah. need it we do need it yes. i agree so i have um that we, we all need we SC. <laughs> That's for Shannon Chavez. <laughs> um, so I wanted to, we're going to talk today. They're doing construction in this building, so we apologize in advance for any That's background noise. That's not a noise. drum roll. It could oh, be. It did sound like a drum roll. Uh, but we probably won't get sirens. Actually, that's not true. You probably will get sirens <laughs> up on this busy street, but you will definitely hear some construction going on in the background. What we're going to do is what we're going to do today is discuss what to expect in sex therapy, which I think that has like a lot of people's minds clouded and yeah. confused and like it, it's this big idea but you don't exactly know what it is but before we dive right into that, how did you get into or fall into the world of of sex really but i know you said you started off as like a clinical psychologist yes and yes. then traveled Specialized into yes so how, what's that journey like <laughs> everyone always wants to know you know i think i, I grew up in a conservative family mm-hmm. oh, sex really? was not talked about latino family catholic family and you know like most families sex is not talked about but i was that kid asking all the questions mm-hmm. and embarrassing my parents and so i knew from a young age it made people uncomfortable mm-hmm. i saw that mm-hmm. you know no matter what community or age people were uncomfortable I always felt comfortable mm. had the questions I remember my parents had the the um, joy of sex book on their nightstand that I used to sneak and read <laughs> so because I was always interested I, I thought that how is this something that we're not talking about mm-hmm. when it's how we all got here it's what we have in common we're all sexual beings even if we're not having sex so I was so fascinated by it and then when I got into graduate school to study psychology mm-hmm. I realized people that were specializing in marriage and family therapy didn't want to deal with sex mm-hmm. and I thought how are you going to work with couples without dealing with sex how? so I kind of look at sex being the core of a lot of our problems and whether it be sexual activity or our desire for connection really is at the root of most of our problems and how we connect. And so for me, it was building a practice that could educate people, give them the information, 
and also be a safe space to talk about sex because we don't really have a safe space right. whether it's with your parents or your school or uh, you know relationships that's mm -hmm. not often a safe space so I, I feel like people need a space to talk about it and explore and figure out what their sexuality is because it's evolving daily and yeah. we need some assistance and guidance on figuring that out. Uh, given that my background is very religious and conservative, I think, and going through my own journey of like getting married and realizing that I wasn't quite comfortable with my body, I wasn't quite comfortable in my own sexuality, is kind of what pushed me into this platform of recognizing if I'm experiencing this, there has to be some, they're like, there just has to be someone else going through this as well. And it is like literally the backdrop to why the podcast is here so I think that's really interesting that like a lot of my guests kind of have that same story so many people have that story I find that too even when I meet with people in my practice where they'll say you know I feel like I'm the only one or they feel so isolated but when we really look at sex and what's going on with sex we all have the same issues we even what normal issues. sex is you know people always want to know is this normal is this how I should be having sex you know the reality is normal sex is the problems that we're all having mm. and what we're looking for is to find better sex ways in which we can enjoy sex and pleasure oh more I love that I, we are definitely all looking for validation that like I am normal <laughs> and like what I'm experiencing is normal and so to hear you say that is like I don't know I found a little bit of comfort in that I'll tell you what else is really comforting saving money anytime you have some additional money in your pocket and you can go down the street confidently knowing that you can purchase whatever you want that like financial security is something that is so important and anyway that you can save a dollar is something that we are here for so i want to tell you about honey. honey honey is the free online shopping tool that automatically finds the best promo codes and applies them to your cart this is what's great about it you're going to spend the money anyway okay you've already on the website you've already found your size you've already looked at the description <laughs> and you know what your sizes are you already looked at the size chart you've already looked at the comments and the reviews you've decided i'm about to buy this it is in your cart you're on your way to checking out you have the honey app and they'd be like surprise I'm here to save you on shipping. Surprise! I'm going to be here to save you on 20% off. Whatever the offer is for whatever particular store that you are on, they go out and do the work for you, find those savings, and automatically apply it to your cart. And that feels great, and that feels amazing. And they do it at hundreds, thousands of stores online, stores that include Macy's, Target, Sephora, Best Buy, all across the gamut, anything that you're buying, you want to download this app to help you save some money that you were already going to spend anyways. That's all I'm saying. You was already there. So using Honey feels pretty great. Think of it as your daily victory. Plus, it's free to use and installs in just a few seconds. Get Honey for free at joinhoney.com slash love. One more time. That's joinhoney.com slash love. Shop, spend money, <laughs> save money. That's their new tagline. You were gonna shop. You were gonna spend it anyway. Save with honey. Might as well save while you spend. You may as well save <laughs> since sense. you was gonna spend it anyway, honey. You can use that. All right. So now let's get directly into the topic. Okay. So what I wanted to do yes. today is we all know that, um, like you were just saying, we struggle with sex. A lot of us do. So when we are find ourselves in our relationship where sex has become a point of of contention mm -hmm. sometimes you are like well maybe I should go to sex therapy well that sounds scary so as a sex therapist I want you to or can you have discussed with us what sex therapy is maybe even backtrack like what are some indicators that maybe this is a good idea for you to even like start looking for into sex therapy and then like what happens in a session illuminate our eyes yes all <laughs> things sex therapy well yes. first of all what it is it's a type of talk therapy okay and it's a place what to... can I time you real quick sure you say talk therapy that makes me think that there are other forms of therapy what are those yes and I think that's a misconception because when we talk about sex we think are, are we going to be actually watching people have sex yeah, do we I have thought. sex do we take our clothes off absolutely not it's it's a it's a form of talk therapy so it, other forms of talk therapy or other forms of therapy maybe maybe somatic therapy uh, there's a type of therapy called surrogate partner therapy oh. where it's actual touch-based therapy and it's great for people that have had trauma or oh. that are really shut 
down around their sexuality and they can learn actual skills. So they can take it to a level that we can't in talk therapy where they can actually apply all the Got tools it. we're learning. Okay. So uh, sex therapy is not that. It's kind of a combination of traditional psychotherapy, coaching and education. Okay. It's so much education because I feel that people come into the space of sex therapy with a lot of misinformation. Mm -hmm. So I've heard this is how sex works or why isn't this working for me and my partner? And so it's basically for any concern that you may have around sex, even for couples that have a healthy sex life, you can benefit from sex therapy. Makes sense. You can come in and get some ideas or tools. And a lot of the things that we work on may not be related to sexual functioning. It's mm -hmm. how do I feel good in my body, improve my body image? How do I uh, cope with some of the changes in aging or if I'm dealing with an illness or health concern, how do I cope with that in relationship to my sexuality? Mm -hmm. So a lot of it's really information and a mm -hmm. safe space to talk about it with some, someone with expertise mm -hmm. who has a background in training. And I really um, point that out for people looking for a sex therapist. Okay. You know, we in the field have to go through a lot of our own work to be able to become certified. Yeah. So that means you have to go through not only training, but your own personal evolution to mm. be able to work with issues. So when someone comes through the door, your buttons aren't pushed, you can hold space for them and be judgment free and open to helping them without reacting because sexuality is very diverse. So mm -hmm. we're gonna see a lot of issues and we're human. Things are gonna push your buttons or surprise you or shock you and you wanna be able to, to really hold that space, especially when people are coming in with a vulnerable idea of I'm opening up, I'm talking about something maybe I never talk about mm -hmm, with anyone mm -hmm. before. So it's really that space and it's a, a collaborative therapy. I look at it as we're gonna build a plan to help you get to where you wanna be. So when, what are some of the um, issues that people may come to you with? Or, and I don't know if issues is like a triggering word. I use the word, you know, issues, concerns, okay. you okay. know, instead of problems or dysfunctions, I think when we use that language, it implies that I'm broken yes. and I need to be fixed. Mm -hmm. Where concerns are, this is something that's bothering me either emotionally or physically, and is there a way for me to improve it? Okay. So I always look at it as we're going to improve. We may not fix because a lot of problems Problems are not fixable, but we can improve them. We can learn how to cope with them. And concerns are all across the board. I see a lot of desire issues. Okay, so can we st talk about that? I yes. feel like that's probably most common one. Yeah, I see the in my most practice. common is um, you know the the a mismatched sex desires. So how do you navigate those type of conversations and? Yeah, let's start there. Yes, a lot of education because what we've learned about desire is not always true. So we've learned that, uh, you know, it can just switch on or it's about not being aroused enough. And desire is so much of a mental experience. Yes. And it's it's your individual responsibility. So I think people come in and saying, my partner isn't turning me on or it's my partner's fault because I don't feel desire rather than saying, I'm responsible to turn myself on. I need to know what excites me or what I enjoy oh, 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 to I be able that. to communicate that to my partner. You're responsible for turning yourself on? Yes, you got to turn yourself on. What you talking? <laughs> Tell us I, more. I always thought it was your partner's responsibility to no, like. No, no, no. It is your responsibility. Because what we perceive as sexual stimuli is different for all of us. So hmm. that is your internal process. When we take an in information, of something that's arousing or exciting. It actually sends a signal through our nervous system and there's a whole programming done. And we don't necessarily always communicate what those turn-ons yeah. are. We could be watching a film or it could be something really slight that we may not think is arousing or sexual that can turn us on. So mm. we need to know what that is or know what's blocking the turn on, yes. which is a big issue. The brakes and accelerators. Yes, mm -hmm. as you know, that system. <clears throat> and some of those things may be, you know, I'm stressed out. I'm not allowing myself to feel sexual. A lot of the work I do in sex therapy is called permission, mm -hmm. giving people permission to be sexual. And that means it's oh, okay for you to big. touch yourself, to talk about sex, this to very ask for, for what you want. Christians, yes. we all religions, really? Right. Oh, absolutely. Buddhists because be like, of, I can't touch that butt, man, because Buddha wanted to be on that butt. Discipline. <laughs> I imagine Buddhists are very disciplined, yeah, right? Yeah. So I, so to be honest, <clears throat> I would like to be more comfortable with this than I really am. We, we being me and Melissa, probably have only become comfortable. I'll, I'll speak for myself. I've only become comfortable 
you can't put your phone by your balls. We learned that. <laughs> uh, Dr. Jessica on the Love Hour After Dark. Um, the thought of masturbation was Rachel, taught as Dr. a sin. Rachel. Dr. Rachel, I'm mm-hmm. sorry. Was taught to be a sin for me for mm-hmm. the majority of my life. That was not challenged until probably four or five years ago. Never. I just accepted that as truth. truth. Right? Now, I did it still. I just felt bad for it. Like, I, you know, I know this is wrong. The Lord says wrong, but there's a lot of stuff he said is wrong that I partook. Um, I remember it being challenged like by pastors, like, and it was like biblically challenged. Right. And I always struggled with like, well, this scripture didn't really mean that. Mm -hmm. And the context, like when it was challenged, it was challenged with context and who they were talking to and things like that. And then I haven't heard it like unchallenged the other way. So now you're sort of wrestling. Melissa and I talk about this in depth. Some of that stuff becomes your core programming Mm -hmm. and it is very difficult to undo something you've been taught is one way for like milk does a body good we were taught milk was good for us for our whole life then we found out that was part of the dairy farmers you know uh thing to sell more milk it wasn't actually good for you you know actually can be considered bad for you Mm -hmm. right so that's kind of how it is with with sex so how do you have how do you help people work through things that that is almost ingrained in them that it is wrong you know like this is literally the first time i've ever heard anyone even on the love hour, say it's your responsibility to turn yourself on. Mm-hmm. Like I always felt like I need to turn my wife on. And if she is not turned on, it is my fault. It's both my responsibility and my fault. I never, uh, ever thought if she's not turned on, that's not entirely respo- I'm not entirely responsible for that. You know what I mean? And like, exactly yeah. those messages. So your point being, how do you help? someone with that programming and these programs become habits Mm -hmm. that we reinforce over our lifetime sometimes before we get new messages and I think it's all about inserting new programming we have to have new messages that's why I focus so much on education because the more information you get the more you can create your own values and assess for yourself what works for me oh okay so I'm not abnormal because this is how my body works or this is how I feel emotionally around sex, so it really helps you break through a lot of those barriers. And and we just need a lot of good information. That's why I focus so much on no matter how much you think you know, because a lot of people come in, oh, I know all that, I don't need, you yeah. know, that's yeah. not the problem, that's the problem. I still provide the information because you never know what that's going to evoke, like it did for you, right? Mm-hmm. It evokes something of, wow, I haven't heard this before. And right. So that changes your whole outlook on sex. You think, well, I had this pressure to please or uh, performance anxiety because I want to make sure my wife is getting turned on. And then if you can take that away and make sex more relaxing, right. changes the entire experience. And not just that, I think this is so important. And like part of my own evolution was recognizing how much of my sexuality, and I feel like this is probably relatable to a lot of couples, how much of my sexuality I was um, putting ownership on my husband. Mm-hmm. And so part of my own journey was giving myself permission to own my own sexuality. And that empowerment causes you not only to take control, but it allows you to start to learn your own body yes. in ways that I previously kind of, I don't even know, gave that away to my husband and like, you figured this out and what turns me on and why I'm not like, I give it all to you. And when I just kind of took that back, it was so empowering. And I feel like maybe, I don't know, but I would imagine that maybe that's part of the journey and the education that may happen in sex therapy. It is because the long longest relationship we have in our life is with our bodies and it goes through changes daily so we need to know how to cope with the changes accept our bodies because again we have these ideals in our culture around what's sexy what's uh beautiful you know what's normal and Mm -hmm. so we have i think we're hardest on ourselves around our body Mm -hmm. and that absolutely affects sexuality because we feel that until i hit that point i can't be sexual or until i lose weight or until i feel this and so we deny ourselves so much pleasure by not having a good relationship with our body so good i i can imagine how a lot of that is mind work and not just like the stimulate here and touch here and that's my spot like so much of this is actually mind work right 
right and everything in sexuality is learned if you think about it we, we we're not mm. born being able to orgasm we have to learn how yeah. to orgasm we have to prime our bodies for pleasure or in some cases we turn our bodies off from pleasure by not uh, dealing with underlying issues like stress or tension or trauma in our bodies so it's important to learn everything you need to learn to enjoy pleasure fully and that's the fun part that's yeah. why I love sex therapy because when you get to that learning and you see the benefits and you start to see how your life changes you start to prioritize sex and sexual health which is what I, I hope everyone does so can we stay on this note of prioritizing sexual health so when you're in a couple that has like a disparity in sex sexual desire one wants it all the time one maybe don't want it ever how do you like teach or and I don't know I'm just going to ask my question okay how do you then teach the lower desire person to engage into their sexual being like how does that process work I just imagine and we're getting questions from our live audience like if we're on polar opposites like what do what are some tips that I can do to like navigate this I'll be honest it Tell is it. not easy because mm -hmm. it's not just a sex problem when there's a desire discrepancy you have to look at the entire relationship What's the dynamic? What's going on? How are you communicating? How do you get your needs met? How do you, uh, how do you practice intimacy, which means vulnerability, opening up, radical honesty with your partner? So you have to really manage all those other areas to then see how that affects sex. Because I think how we do things in life is how we do things sexually. So if how you are... How we do things in life is how we do things sexually. Right. Tell so if me you're you a high-desire partner and you feel like I deserve sex and I'm going to uh, assert my need for sex without maybe being mindful about a partner's situation mm. and this idea of deserving or sex is owed to me, that's sometimes how you're acting in other areas of life. And it may work in other areas of life, but it's not working in sex because sex is so much about giving and receiving, negotiating, compromising, you know, learning to be really empathetic towards another person's experience. Mm -hmm. And so it requires such a different set of emotional skills that that usually is the first place I start with desire issues, learning the emotional skills to be able to tolerate some of those changes and differences in sex. Oh my gosh. I, you just, as you were talking, I was like thinking of, um, almost like columns I can sometimes I get these visions so just follow me <laughs> of like different areas that affect your sex life and a way for people to kind of walk through and talk through what is impacting negatively impacting their sex life and I'll give you an example mm -hmm. to make sure it's all making sense so uh, do I feel safe with you literally answering that question um do I feel or in, so do I feel safe with you do I feel safe that you're going to honor me do I feel safe that you're going to um uh abide by my boundaries do like answer those safe type of questions communication do I feel like you listen to me do I feel seen do I feel hurt like literally going through all of these kind of um uh like I don't know the right word what are checklist. you what's the right word it's a checklist but like different um avenues of a relationship mm -hmm. okay follow me because i could only think of avenues uh different avenues of a relationship that could impede or impact you getting to your sexual desire does yes. that make sense it is they're almost stepping stones stepping to get stones. there because if you don't have safety how are you going to get yes. to trust or really telling someone what you want so those are absolutely the foundation that gets built yes. before you get to a place of saying here's my desire yes here's what i want from you how do we make that happen i think for a lot of people i'm getting excited because i literally feel like this is a revelation uh <laughs> I literally think that for a lot of people, we we struggle, and I say we, me, myself included, we struggle with um, the sex part because you're like, I know something is off. I know something is awry. I know I'm not feeling it, but you can't always identify what, what the other factors are that are impacting mm -hmm. this. And so if you had like, again, this checklist, so to speak, you can like maybe more readily funnel down and identify it's this right I don't feel safe with you I don't feel seen with you I don't feel I don't know I'm trying to think of other things because I'm going to make this checklist uh, for people to like identify and then have a starting place of 
a, a path forward to healing so therefore they can get to like a, a healthy sex life am i making sense or exactly no? No, okay. that does make sense and that's important because people come into sex therapy and say oh no no our relationship is fine we don't need to work on that just the sex we just want to focus on this not, and we have and it's to that. crack that egg open in order yeah. to figure it all out and i think with with sex issues too is that people don't realize that uh you know these issues are always coming up and regardless of what you're doing with sex, what are you doing in other areas of your life? Right. A lot of couples I meet with say every other area is great, but sex, we have problems. So I always say, what are you doing in other areas of your life that's working so well? And how can we bring that into mm, sex? That's a good question. Because they're open and, and freer in other areas. But when it comes to sex, then I become about performance or succeeding and I'm trying too hard. I'm putting this perfectionism on it that I'm not enjoying it anymore. Do you so feel it's like people like, are lying a lot when they say everything else in our relationship is fine? Or is it actually true that they can have all the other things are working together and then sex is just like an outlier? I think that's a thing. I see that a lot. You know, we communicate well because there's so much surrounding sex for that person. Sure. You know? Because when it comes to sex, then I become shy or I'm not as open or I don't prioritize it. So I minimize the importance of it in our relationship. Mm -hmm. So it gets put on the back burner. So yeah. I, I do see that a lot, okay. unfortunately. And I it's, thought people uh, would be lying. <laughs> you might be lying. <laughs> a few of them, I'm sure. <laughs> so, well, that brings a great question because I could totally see you minimizing it and because it's not important to you, kind of like, throw the whole thing away it's not important to me why is it important to you so how do you what are your thoughts on scheduling sex I actually just posted this on my Instagram I think it's a great thing for people to do to like prioritize sex but we often feel like that takes like the romanticism and spontaneity right. out of sex so what are your thoughts on that you know, is think, that something that you discuss I in? do I do and I think there's too much emphasis on romance and passion around sex we just need to be having sex you know we not every time Dr. Shaman <laughs> don't take out our old answers and the roses out, P and Vajee. Just, Tongue and just do it. The Tongue Nike slogan works really what? well for sex. Yeah, <laughs> man. Listen, we, me and Melissa's life has gotten increasingly busy over the last right. year or two. If it's not in our calendar, it is not happening. Not sex, but mm -hmm. I mean like the other stuff, like everything important is in there. Almost like sex is in the calendar. <laughs> no, I'm going to start scheduling. It will be tonight. Are you free at 8.37? <laughs> you know what I mean? But I think that but to be quite honest, I suffer from sex need to be spontaneous mm -hmm. and romantic. And I realize that's conditioning. Like you, you see it in movies, you see right. it in TV, you see it in porn. You know, you know, you're not supposed to learn from porn, but when you're in eighth grade yes. and your friend has one and your meat's hard all the time, you will watch it. <laughs> you will like, watch oh, it. black yes. tail, sign me up. Parents shouldn't be <laughs> at work. Uh, so. Uh, but what they teach you is, oh, <sighs> yes, your home dad. Like that's, you right. know, people in porn don't be having kids to help their homework. With. <laughs> right. Right. Nobody's like, oh, my son's sniffling. Let me just hold on for the sex. He's, you know what I mean? But in real life, somebody knocks on your door like, I saw a monster. Listen, I was this close to becoming a monster. <laughs> and you, came in, you know what I mean? But, and I think. Now nobody, the moment's over. And yes. now the moment's right. over. <laughs> and I love that you saying take the romance out. Is it to say like, sex should be romantic mm -hmm. but sometimes that becomes a barrier to it mystifying it to be this hollywood production we used to say this in the love of our live even the sex on tv and porn is scheduled mm -hmm. they actually have a call sheet that's exactly and right. a time yes. of day that you're gonna Planned be doing out sex. by detail yes. exactly. <laughs> like we're gonna get this shot and we're punching in on the butt you know what i mean so <laughs> even what you think is you know not think i mean obviously we know it's not real right. but it's amazing how things you don't know are you know aren't real Still become, become real. Yeah, exactly. you accept it as real because exactly. you've seen it so many times. Because we learn that and we see it over and over again. So I do feel that scheduling sex is helpful because it it again we schedule everything like you're saying. Why wouldn't we schedule and prioritize pleasure? It doesn't have to be scheduled where you say there's a goal around it. So we're scheduling it. It means we both have to get off and I gotta come. All like these acts, yeah, in. all these acts have to happen. I would say schedule it, but be really loose about what your meaning behind sex is. You know, what are we going to do? Maybe we just schedule that this is time together, uninterrupted, where we get to enjoy our each other's company, have some sort of erotic activity. Mm -hmm. And I think that's another issue with sex is that every sexual act has to include intercourse mm -hmm. or these expectations of what needs to happen rather than having what I like to call erotic menus. 
different oh, uh, totally sexual <laughs> sexual appetites for different times. So kind of like the food we eat. If we ate the same thing over and over again, like avocado toast, we would probably get <laughs> sick of it. So we need a variety of things we can do. And we need to be creative. This is where I feel sexual intelligence comes in. Ooh. Being able to be creative about how we perceive what is sexual and not just looking at it as the mechanics or what my genitals are doing, but being open-minded to different ways to experience pleasure. That's the fun part. I love that you keep calling it pleasure as well. I think we do have a very narrow view of what sex is, and it always ends in orgasm. Mm -hmm. And uh, what you're, even when you say erotic menu, that is like so much bigger and wider than just P and the G, that's the end of it. We both need to orgasm, and that's the only way that I define this as a good time. You know what? So th- going along with the menu analogy, orgasm should be like dessert. It is dessert. Yeah, like it you don't always have It is a side effect of good sex, yes. And just because you didn't have dessert didn't mean you didn't enjoy your meal. Exactly. Sometimes the appetizers are enough. You're like, man, that was... The, the crap dip was amazing. I feel satisfied. I'm exactly. satisfied. Oh, I might have a little <laughs> bit of the steak, not the whole steak. Right. Might have some meat. Right. Might have some coochie. But I might not finish it all. I might eat a little bit. Right. A little, maybe half of the coochie. I might eat half of it. Just the left labia, not the right. You know? How but do dessert. You... <laughs> I'm going to have some dessert. Maybe I'm going to skip straight to dessert. Maybe I'll, I'll have, have a couple of servings of dessert. We hey. never know. <laughs> coming, coming, coming again. I'll tell you what also is just like receiving dessert um, early is when you receive a package on your doorstep that you didn't expect. And it's even better when you're the person shipping it. And so that's why I want to tell you about ShipStation. If you have a merchandise business, you should be giving treats and treats and desserts. I was going to say tricks and treats, but I said (laughs) treats and treats. Uh, Desserts to your customers. Allow them the opportunity to get that surprise. They have a tracking number uh, in their mailbox so they can get excited to receive receive whatever it is that you're selling and ShipStation allows you to do just that. It is a platform that allows you to sell your merchandise, your hair products, your paintings, your whatever you're selling on whatever platform, whether that's Etsy or that's eBay, whether that's your own website, it pulls it in to one portal and it allows you to ship via USPS, FedEx, UPS, even Amazon fulfillment, all out of one place. See what's selling, see what's not selling, save your time and allow you to ship your stuff to your customer very, very easily. And right now, our Love Hour listeners can try ShipStation for free for 60 days when you use our offer code LOVE. There's absolutely no risk. You can start your free trial without even entering your credit card information. Just visit ShipStation.com. Click on the microphone at the top of the homepage and type in love. love. That's L-O-V-E. That's ShipStation.com. Then enter offer code love. ShipStation.com. Make ship happen. And while we're talking about orgasms, we know how important that is. I actually just found this out from Dr. Shannon at the beginning of the episode that the clitoris was not included in medical books. Yes, the full anatomy. So they had it in there, but not by the actual size, all the nerve endings and connections and the accurate anatomical names until 1998. Until 1998. We are just over, is that 20 years? Just over that 20, 1990, 22 years. So just over that 22 or 20 year mark of understanding and recognizing what the clitoris is. And again, the clitoris is the main organ of female pleasure. So why has it not been a focus of research is the question. But now the good thing is we do know a lot more about it. And and I think everyone should be aware of their anatomy in order to have orgasms. Again, orgasm is not something that you can will and it happens. We have to learn how to make that happen. And here's another thing, you can't give your wife an orgasm. Tell what us. have I been trying to do for the last 15 years? But wait, you wait, wait. You can help support an orga- or an environment for an orgasm to happen, but you can't actually give your partner an orgasm. I want to come back to this. Okay. I want to come I back definitely to want to come Important back to this. Important fact that yes. we teach in and sex I, therapy. This was good. <laughs> but before we go there, another thing that can help you achieve an environment of orgasm is Lola. Why? Because they are a female-founded company that offers products made specifically for women, including lubrication. That is made specifically to keep our pH balances in check. We learned all about this in our For Women Only series. Sometimes we'd be using stuff that was made before 1998. 
<laughs> not good. And it's not good. And you walk away with bladder infections and yeast infections and all type of infections. Then you want to cancel the whole idea of sex because you don't understand why your body is responding the way that it does. Lola is here to help you, child. Sex by Lola is available for subscription. Schedule your sex. Schedule your Lola. This sounds like a good time. You can add your period subscription as well because they also make period products for that time of the month. You can make your box fully customizable with a mix of period and sex products. This sounds like a great idea. So everything is conveniently delivered to your door on your ideal schedule. In addition to condoms and personal lubricants, Lula now offers cleansing wipes, which is great for the after effect, um, which are safe to use anywhere on the body and gynecologists approve and hypoallergenic, um, which is great as well because sometimes you do need to clean up. We learned that it's important to urinate um, semen and let it exit the body because semen is acidic acidic and the natural uh ph balance of a woman is more alkaline mm-hmm. and the two to get listen we Top be learning the, line, the things. alkaline we be learning the things <laughs> so something that alkaline. is if i hit this thing one more time uh so this is so great this is why you want to sign up for lola for 30 percent off your first month subscription visit mylola.com and enter love hour 30 when love you 30. subscribe again for 30 percent off your first month subscription visit mylola.com and enter love hour 30 when you subscribe Okay, Dr. Shannon, I want to have this conversation Back with to you. Orgasm. Yes, girl. Let's I want to support with... orgasms. I want to create orgasm. Before we go there, time yeah, out. That's where I want to go. I know. But before we go there, one <laughs> thing that I think is so important, it kind of goes back to what I was talking about in the beginning about owning our own mm-hmm. sex life, is that um, how do you, as women, neg- have a conversation with your husband so, or your spouse that partner okay partner um that his ego isn't bruised because you want to explain to him that you can't make me have an orgasm like this isn't about you and what you can do this is about me and like me trying to figure out what works for me I feel like that conversation can go left really quickly with with a man that has a huge ego or feels the responsibility to it's my job to help you orgasm. And if I don't, if you don't orgasm, I have done something wrong. So right. how do you have that conversation? Well, you know, egos are going to be a part of sex because we we all have egos. So it's not that we want to hold any information back out of fear of how to deal with that. But I always say come in with a clear, understandable message for your partner. If you're coming in with all of these different areas and you're trying to help them understand what you're saying, we're not usually direct and assertive with communication around sex. So it's confusing. Mm. So even if an ego is bruised, be able to uh, validate that. You know, that makes sense. We thought we were doing one thing this way and now we're changing it. Change brings up a lot of anxiety. So I think if you normalize that, it'll be much easier to have these conversations going along and don't get stuck there kind of move on to things that are actually working well uh acknowledge the things that are going well talk about different things you can do rather than just focusing on the thing that's not working so that can help quite a bit have you ever or do you have a model um or can you model a conversation between a two partners about sex i feel like that might be the intimidating thing too of like i don't know what to say I don't know how to start it. I don't like, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. And so you just avoid it altogether. Mm-hmm. That's it. You just gave the conversation oh my gosh, that every I Every time I do this. Oh, okay. So tell us. <laughs> That's tell what I hear it. clients say. So what I usually say is not knowing is a great place to start because we can only figure it out from there. So mm-hmm. let's start with where we feel the most confusion or the questions we have. And so when I'm working with a couple, I'll have them evaluate first their own sex history. So I have an idea of their background their education areas that may be lacking and then also in their own words how they describe their sexual concerns so here's what's going on for me that's the most valuable piece of my assessment because I see how they describe it the words they choose um, the emotions evolved with it how it's creating distress and so when I already meet the couple I know that they're feeling anxious they're overwhelmed oh now I'm talking to the stranger about my sex life they're tense so I start with a little bit of rapport building first so let's all get comfortable and I normalize that talking to a stranger about sex is not easy so let's make it easier I like to meet the couple before I meet the problem so I meet and find out a little bit
little bit about you and I get you talking about things that make you feel good. Mm -hmm. So what do you do for fun? What's your lifestyle like? Uh, what, what are you really proud of in your life? So that already breaks the ice. So when we talk about concerns, it doesn't feel so, mm -hmm. so tense. Mm -hmm. And, and I think using the right language is a big part as well. So how are we referring to things? I find that a lot of people don't have the vocabulary to they describe don't. sex. Yeah. I remember on one of my assessment forms, I had, you know, do you have erotic dreams? And most people were not familiar with the word erotic mm. or certain uh, words as far as describing functioning. They weren't familiar with it. So I, I think I, I like to assume that there's a lot to learn and we, we just want to simplify it to be able to address it. Oh, that's good. There was a question that I had when you um, said something now. I can't remember what it was. Did you have something you wanted to say? The supporting the orgasm thing. Yes, um, let's get let's back, back to back this to that. important okay. role that partners are in. Yes. Okay, go. So now I, this is revolutionary thought. How do you, what does that mean? I can't give my wife an orgasm. She can't give me an orgasm. Why? Because you are in control of your body. Mm -hmm. So for example, you could be doing all the right things that we have learned to give someone an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Touching here, caressing here, Blowing. pleasuring here. But if she or he is not allowing their body to experience that pleasure, there's no orgasm that's going to happen. So you're telling me, because <laughs> what you're saying makes a lot of sense. Right. Me and Melissa were talking about this. I think it was on the Love After Dark. Say it's the same motion, mm -hmm. okay? Up, down, up, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, B, start. And that works 70% of the time. Now, three sexes in a row, this same thing's not working. Mm -hmm. You're mean to tell me it could be something totally unrelated to the physics. I mean, I think you said it clearly. I just have never thought about that. Your partner's not allowing themselves to feel that pleasure. Right, right. That can prevent the, or feel enough pleasure to, to uh, pleasure to orgasm. So what does the other person do in that scenario? Or do they do anything? Help your partner relax, figure out, you know, create a good, good, good connection because good connection could be eye contact, touch, making sure that you're engaged. So many partners I hear report, I just want my partner to be emotionally present during sex. I don't care what they're touching or what they're doing, all these techniques, that's all I'm looking for. That connection alone can trigger an orgasm. So I think we can, make sure that we're not in our heads too much yeah. and we're focusing so much on technique and we're doing all of these things that we're not paying attention to what's happening in the body. So often I'll tell a partner, pay attention to the changes that are going on in your partner's body. Instead of focusing on this big explosive orgasm, focus on how her body is responding to stimulation, how it's moving, how her breath changes. These should be the focuses of, mm. of where we want our attention to be. And let go of the outcome. Again, an orgasm is like a, a sneeze, a reflex. It it's happens. A sneeze. Achoo! Oh. <laughs> I think also, I don't know how this plays into it, because men experience orgasm, not I don't want to say how often, but like, I don't more want to say frequently? it's normal. Frequently? That's yes. what I was trying to say. Yes. I was trying to say that. We experience orgasm more frequently. Mm -hmm. I think we either A, underestimate what sex feels like to women, or B, have no idea, or C, don't even know how to have them experience it, or D, don't care. Because mm -hmm. I feel like early before I was married and I was still full of sin, um, you know, you you weren't taught to please a woman. Right. You were taught to get off. Right. If you get yours, hopefully you do before I get mine. Because once I get mine, it's the getting is gone. You know what I mean? So I think so much of it has to be unlearned. And from what you're saying, I'm realizing too, so much of it is, has nothing to do with the physical. And you can't change somebody's physical mind state, but you can create environments that make them feel safe in the sexual uh, arena, so to speak. And if they're not feeling safe in the relationship then there's no way they're going to feel safe in the sexual part of your relationship. Exactly. And that makes right. you as a man realize that because you're not you're never taught any of that. Your boys are never talking about what you got to do is support her emotionally. You understand me? Before you get to anything, close <laughs> on. Like, what's your relationship? I wish this yeah, should be the sex. You know what I mean, right. like we don't we don't have those conversations. Generally, it's more like braggadocious. I did this and this. you know what I'm right. saying? Like the it's ego not, again. That's it's the, the ego. It's just ego play. chats. It's mm -hmm. not really what's really happening you mm -hmm. know what i mean so it's completely useless you know it's just lies most of the time most of us just be lying and then we don't go to therapists or specifically sex therapists and then we end up just suffering in silence exactly. or saying it's that person's fault i'm gonna just move on to a different partner and you're taking the same 
you into Baggage. another relationship. Exactly. So you're going to create the same dynamic. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's a chain reaction. So I think, uh, you know, the more you talk about it, the more it normalizes it, that we all go through these issues. We all have issues with not getting the right pleasure, with communication, with not getting needs met. So the more we can normalize that, the better it is to figure out how to deal with it. And I think so much of sex for couples is being exploratory. So as you're saying, you know, what certain techniques, we get caught up with these ideas of, these are the ways to please a partner rather than just figuring it out. You know, where's the curiosity in sex where we can say, "Ooh, I want to figure out your body, what works for you rather mm-hmm. than here's what I've learned and here, here's how the mechanics are. Again, our genitals are not the focus of sex. It should be about the entire body. But that has become the focus of how we even define sex. And yeah. that's just a big distraction from getting to the exploratory fun piece that most people are not having with sex I love that you said that Esther Perel always talks about sex being a full body experience Mm -hmm. it's about breath it's about movement it's about you know so many things other than just like concentrating number one on genitalia or concentrating on the outcome and when you're able to take away um, the outcome you are able to focus on pleasure and pleasure is often not and I don't know if most people think that focusing on pleasure that I just had this thought, I could imagine someone being like focusing on pleasure is like a cop out because the real point is orgasm. Do you feel ever do do you hear that sentiment? Oh, so much. Okay. It's so frustrating. I mean, I try to challenge people, you know, even males, I'll say try to pleasure your partner with a non erect penis. Mm. You know, or or Why? using different parts of How? <laughs> figure it out be creative how would you do that rather than you know this has to happen I have to have a rock hard erection for in order for my partner to experience pleasure you know the truth is less than 10% of women can orgasm from intercourse alone Uh, you know it takes a woman's body at least 20 minutes to become fully aroused erect as far as her clitoris in order to get pleasure so the acts before intercourse are really where females are getting most of their pleasure so why are we not focusing there P and G just doesn't feel good like you thought it does. Movies be lying. She be like, oh, oh, right, oh, right. no, no, no. Well, even the idea of erogenous zones, that we have these certain special spots on the body that are more sexually responsive than others, there, there's no truth to that. Oh my Every God, part so can be an erogenous that. zone. You know, the back of the knee can be an erogenous zone. You could be a toe guy who you know loves toe, toe sucking or caressing. So... Any part of the body can be erogenous. I'm so happy that you said that because how many people have gone through life trying to find, ooh, you know, in the movies, that's my spot, that's my spot. And you're like, well, Jesus, where's my spot? I haven't found it yet. And you, and it's because I feel like maybe you're, you think it needs to only be below the belt. But above the the equator. Yeah. (laughs) Too much genital focus. And it's too much genital focus. Yes. yes. I I always say we have three sets of sex organs. Our hands, our mouth, and our genitals. So how are we using those other parts? Hands, yes. These can be great sexual organs. You can give pleasure. uh, You know, even sucking on a finger anatomically echoes in the brain sexual pleasure because it's a phallic Mm -hmm. object in an orifice. So... The brain sends the same signals to the genitals that it's sexual pleasure. So Time out, <laughs> Don't use your hands. <laughs> I love that. Sucking on a finger is like sucking on a peen. Yes, it is. The brain is such a crazy, like, organ. Like it's simple as far as our reward system, yes. So it doesn't know the difference. <laughs> that is insane. And I think you may have just helped someone who maybe feels a way because I think a lot of times again Emily Nagowski and I this was so powerful to me it's what you think believe or imagine Mm -hmm. so if I think that it's weird that sucking on my finger is something that like oh I find like sexual pleasure in this and I don't know why that seems weird and so you shun away from it you're robbing yourself of the opportunity to experience that pleasure and the truth is sex is weird I mean there's so much diversity that's what I love about this day and age is we have now all this access us to see how weird sex is and so the idea that only intercourse is the main course of sex or that that's the main way that you experience pleasure just so limiting yeah because most people experience pleasure in, in ways that you would least expect if you think about in your development as a child the first time you ever felt aroused it probably wasn't even a sexual act maybe you were riding a bike or mm. rubbing up against something and and it just sort of happened mm-hmm. and that's really how our priming and conditioning happens for sexual arousal 
before we go there, oh, this was like really eye opening. And I almost want to um, talk about, I do actually want to talk about maybe exercises to give couples mm-hmm. at the end of this who watch this and maybe feel a little bit of like freedom from this episode of like how to go about exploring this newfound freedom. But before we go there, um, sex can get really hot and really heavy. And one thing that's a complete turnoff to some people, maybe not all people, because I want to normalize all of your weirdness. And okay, it could be body odor. (laughs) 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 Oh my gosh. Did you know that many conventional deodorants contain aluminum, contain aluminum, which forms a plug in your sweat glands to keep you from sweating. Native deodorant is made without aluminum, so you can feel free about what you're putting in and on your body especially in this day and age where we're all trying to go green and think about the environment and you know consider what we're putting in and on what we're eating um, our bodies these type of things all make a difference in how you feel and the overall health of your body there's something for everyone native comes in a wide variety of options for both men and women and even uh, teens you guys know they have classic scents such as coconut and vanilla which is their most popular and my favorite lavender and rose cucumber and mint and eucalyptus and mint as well everything about it smells good and when you walk out the shower smelling good feeling good you're more likely to orgasm i just made that fact up there's something for everyone native comes oh i said that already um check out over nine thousand five-star reviews from happy customers who made the native switch part of that nine thousand five-star review is going to be my review as well uh for 20 percent off your first purchase visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code lh during LH. checkout again that's 20 percent off your first purchase visit nativedeodorant.com and use promo code LH during checkout. Fantastic. So finger Unless sucking. body odor is a fetish for you. Unless that's what I was like. a thing for I was some like, people. Is that a fetish? I don't want thing. to like, oh, make Oh, you know what? Somebody wrote weird. that Dear Kev. On, on Dear oh, Kev. Oh, like I, smells? The, well, her his wife had like a, a bad smelling vagina mm. and she had like, she, she was like super really concerned about it. And he was like, I like it. Like I like the earthy, visceral smell of it. And um and I didn't want to weirdify his normal. I don't want to yuck nobody's yum. Uh, but you know, I hadn't. I wouldn't have thought that's a thing. But what I told him because I know so many things, it doesn't matter what's not a fetish to you. If your per- if your partner's uncomfortable with it, and then they're going to be uncomfortable. Right, and then with they're it. not going to be comfortable letting go. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Well, you know, our sense of smell is our strongest when it comes to sexual desire. So scent is really important, whether that's nuzzling your face and your partner's chest or, you know, all these areas on the body where our sweat glands are, that can actually help with desire. It can increase desire because we are very sensually oriented when it comes to sex. So we need to engage the senses to help with desire. And that might go into exercises, I recommend. There was a thing too, I'm gonna say one more thing. No, go for it. So there was another question, This the wife didn't, she always wanted to be clean for sex. Mm -hmm. And the guy was like, I like the, Oh, uh, I don't. I can't remember how you the phrase it. Scent. Na- the musky natural scent. Yes, the, the after day thing. day worth of work. It got a little different twang to it. He was saying he liked a twang, and I think what it's, it's a it's a delicate dance mm-hmm. of what I like, what you like, versus what I'm comfortable with and you're comfortable with, and finding that like meeting ground of those is what couples probably have to work for because if you if I want you to do something or do something to me that you're not comfortable with mm-hmm. then it's not going to work you know what I mean because you're you're not going to be feeling like you should be doing that or that it's enjoyable and I don't know I just think there's so much more to it than just do this lick that put this in and it's always going to work and that's also exactly. freeing to know even if you do the same thing every time it's not going to have the same Result. I go to the gym. It's Some days I can do every, 225 every single time. and I feel good. Some days 225 feels like 500 pounds. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you just don't even know until you do. And I think taking that pressure off is very freeing. Exactly. It is freeing. And, and back to the scent thing, because I think that is important. I see this a lot as a barrier to enjoying pleasure. A lot of that is societal messages. Yes. Think about all the products that are marketed to women to mask their scent or to wash. I mean, men Dude, don't she's... get these products as much. Yeah, you know, we no. don't see, hear really much about don't. it. So women are learning that their genitals smell mm-hmm. or I have a fear of scent. Or and fish smells like fish. Who that smell like fish? Right. And fish that, that can be a, a concern. I mean, fish can indicate a, a bacterial infection. Oh, but again, no, it's yeah. right. Oh, you can't okay. want fish. No, but no, I like salmon. You smell like salmon, But a girl. little bit of natural musk. But you know what I recommend that women do? Smell yourself. 
you know, get your own fluids, smell them, taste them. It's not a bad thing. Get your own fluids and smell them. Get down there and and take your panties it. off and see what you what yes, you're looking like today. Yes, it normalizes it. It may not be as bad as you think it is, and if it is, maybe Ooh, you girl. can get it addressed in a. In Ooh, a girl, <laughs> you having a good day today? You may like it. It may turn you on. A lot of women will say, "My own scent turns me on." When I actually smell myself, I I like the scent. Let me ask you something. Thing. This is just a personal question. I know we got to get to the exercises. <laughs> how did it? How was it for you not to be like, "Whoa, that's weird." Like with your people, because I know it. When you first started, that's why you do all the training you do because you go okay. through you go through something called a SAR sexual attitude reassessment reevaluation. You get bombarded with material. You talk to different diverse panels, but then I think you also know where your lines are. You know, mm-hmm. uh, for example, there are some populations I won't work with because I'm uncomfortable with mm. working with them and I'm glad to refer them out. But I think it's Black just knowing. Or others. <laughs> you don't have to say don't I'm answer. <laughs> Actually, pedoph- pedophilia is that one area I'm not comfortable working Hold with. Hold on, have, they can out. see therapists? Yes, yes they do. I Many didn't know people that. Do. I did not know, I didn't that. know that. Pedophilia, zoophilia, people that have sex with animals. These are some of the areas that, you know, as an animal lover, it's just difficult for me to work with some of those cases but there are great clinicians who do so i'm glad to refer them out zoophilia yes bestiality bestiality yes oh wow i didn't know that it's a it's a big field yes a big uh, there's field. a lot of people that yeah there's a lot of fetishism and play and practice around animal oh, that's sex. interesting yes. okay so let's get off down topic to the, but yeah. let's get Way back off let's get topic back. hey fido <laughs> balls what no, he that doesn't is. want to do that. He's a dog. Yes, dogs cannot give consent. That's why. That's why you crazy. They don't want to do with that. It. Yes. Come on, man. Let that dog want him get tennis balls, not regular ones. Hello. Okay, so <laughs> wow. for the couple who listens to this today. and they're at a point, uh, you got to take it when the courage hits. Okay, so they listen to this and they're like, "Listen, tonight's the night. I done listen to this. I'm ready. We yeah. got to do it tonight because tomorrow's not promised." So, what are some um, modeling or, or I don't know things exercises. that they can do? Exercises, the right word. Exercises they can do once they leave this to kind of go and explore. Mm-hmm. The first I would say is practice initiating. I think that's a big issue with couples. Who's initiating? You both need to get good at initiating. So I would set up maybe a weekly schedule to start with of each of you alternating and initiating any act around pleasure. So it can be touch, it could be a kiss, it could be a toe-sucking, massaging, you know, all these things that we've talked about around touch and sensuality, I would recommend for an activity for initiating. Another is to focus on your relationship really good. with your really body. Good. Yes, because maybe when we initiate all the time, you essentially are hoping for the best, and then when you get rejected, which you know is a possibility, it'd be hurting for real. Right. You just be like, well, I'm gonna go to sleep. Then forget you. I knew, I knew I didn't have that chance, but I, you gotta shoot your shot. You don't know if it's going in until you shoot. Exactly. And I'd be pulling up from 40 feet. Dame Lillard. And I just hit the backboard. It only hit the rim or nothing. It just hits the backboard and goes out of bounds. And I then can't. I just go to bed. Okay, continue. <laughs> well, you got a projection. I think that's something we need to get comfortable with. And I think it's not really rejection unless your partner is intentionally telling you no to evoke mm-hmm. an emotion. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But if we say no, to sometimes that's uh, exactly. That was you know, a different little to, add-on. Right, a power struggle, right? If I say no, then I, I don't want to give you what you want because we're dealing with these other issues mm. going on in our dynamic. But I think another thing is that, um, you know, with initiating, we just have to get good at it and Mm -hmm. practice doing it. And if your partner says no, it's actually a form of self-care. So you can say, thank you for taking care of yourself rather than feel like it's a rejection. That's the ego piece getting in, you know, why don't you want me? You know, maybe they have a valid reason. Mm -hmm. And so we can respect that and maybe look for a compromise. You're saying no tonight, but tomorrow morning, how about we... Carve out some time in our schedule to be together. This is another question I've got a lot on Dear Kevin on stage. So here's just, love our people, we're very close to family. Here's a little secret. The real questions, like the serious ones, I have no idea how to make funny, and I feel weird about making them funny, so I just don't answer them. But I get them a lot. One of the questions I get often is, my wife didn't want to have sex with me tonight. Is it okay for me to go please myself in the bathroom or whatever? Or is that like, um, I don't know what the word is, but like, is that unfair to our relationship to then take care of myself mm-hmm. and then a lot of women will say literally the same thing like same thing my uh, a lot of higher desire women email and say my husband doesn't want me am i okay to do this or um like how do i have that conversation with my spouse so they don't feel like i'm cheating on them with myself 
So what would you say to that? Yes. You know, masturbation is not a replacement for partnered sex. I think you should be masturbating regularly, even if you're sexually active in your relationship. So it's not What's one regularly? replacing the other. Well, for males, on average, Tuesdays. maybe daily or daily? that's a very common thing daily? that I see daily or, you know, a couple of what times the a hell week. Would be or females are also masturbating daily. Again, there's no norm around how often. It's more of the quality of the experience that you're having with your body. So instead of just for males, just getting off really quick, really try to enjoy the experience rather than uh, it's three o'clock. I call it the death grip. Just quick, hurry, stimulate and get it done. And, you know, really try to enjoy yeah, it and condition in your body like Pleasure exercise you. got it okay what are some other maybe not daily but again no. I, I would say for this couple to yes it's okay and then also uh you know it, it's something that you can do together mutual masturbation teaches Double you in. a lot Maybach music and mutual masturbation okay another um to mutual masturbation is probably another exercise that couples can do yes what is that and it can go two ways so there's two ways to do it you can either stimulate while your partner is watching or you can stimulate each other based on what you've learned or observed that works for your partner that's switching love it so yes there's Anything a lot else? of ways to do it but you learn a lot of information by watching your partner stimulate so. i said that should you take a notebook like oh softer on the lape if that helps you mm. take pictures whatever you need to do <laughs> with the other person's consent so other uh, tips and tools, yes. I would say back to the being creative, okay. try to find different ways to be sexual that aren't genital focused. So right. I like things like, you know, reading erotic stories together, even things like undressing, which is something we quickly do and get in bed. Make that an erotic activity. Oh. Take your time, come into contact with every part of the body. Try to find pleasure in something that we usually rush towards again to get Wait, to Wait, is this both partners being, trying to be sexy? Yeah. I cannot be sexy taking no hoodie off. <laughs> you never know. I bet you could if you really tried. My wife beat her over <laughs> here. Yeah. Sweat. But see, even that silliness can be part of arousal, though. Because really? now you're having fun. So now there's no pressure, pressure. And now the anxiety isn't there. So even that silliness is a good thing. That's a defense sex. mechanism for me. But it, it, it might take the, the weirdness out of it. It might. And it might actually turn your wife on. You never know. You never I know. love yeah, it. Yeah, girl. <laughs> All right, Kev's cutting up. <laughs> Is there anything else you wanted to end on? Um, um, any other yes. like piece of advice that maybe we didn't cover that you'd like? You feel like it's an important message to get out to couples. Yes, focus on outer course, and that means engaging the rest of the body other than just penis to vagina sex, but really focusing on touch. Couples are touch deprived mm -hmm. if they're not having sex, so find ways to incorporate touch in a fun way. I like sensate focus, where it's really about giving and receiving pleasure through touch. Kissing, this is a lost art that people, people are not doing anymore. And it's again, another question I get all the time. Me and my wife don't kiss. Right, it's and why, what is the reason for that? I would love to know. You know, I hear not enough time, mm -hmm. or it feels awkward. The longer we go not doing something, it does take longer to get comfortable yeah. with it. Like any habit, but that's what we want to normalize. Awkward we is young, a part of sex. Yeah. Before Melissa and I had sex, like we dated four years, I believe. We used to be kissing. Right. And sometimes you be kissing out. for so long, you'd be like, man, this almost feels like sex. It is sex, for me, yes. Kissing sex? Kissing is sex. It's a form of erotic connection. You're getting pleasure. Your body is fully engaged in its pleasure and reward system. So, yes, kissing is a form of sex. So my kids could be having sex earlier than I thought because if they're kissing behind that school, I know them under them bleachers. <laughs> it's mm. one of our first sexual activities. So, yes, you're right. <sighs> so if I ask my son he's sexually active, he says nobody's kissing, he's lying? He might be. He might need education, though. You, you might get need to here educate after him. School. We gonna have a talk. <laughs> You've been kissing. You've been fondling. Um, anything, Is there any more exercises? Yes. Anything else you want? Any other messages? Yes. Outer courses people are identifying with. That's I great. Love you know, I have a lot of good tools that, you know, if people want to write in, I can send. You know, I have these things called a sexual interest inventory. So you can kind of go through with your partner and mm. find areas that you're interested in. And it always brings up a good conversation because you may see things on there that you're not into, like fisting or sex furniture or BDSM, but it brings in a conversation about sex and also areas that you might not know a lot about but maybe curious about so that can be a good thing i have a question for you mm -hmm. this just happened to me when you said that things you've never done or never thought about why do you think we react like what like fisting i might need to thought, girl you tripping bdsm all i know about that is 50 shades of gray 
girl you tripping <laughs> what like how do you be not girl you tripping about everything that you've never even tried which just seems so far out of like your comfort zone you know what i mean and i think that's the lack of education because we've learned this is normal and this is all the abnormal weird stuff yeah, with but the truth is stuff. probably more of the majority of people do the abnormal and not many people are doing what we think is normal sex mm. so i think uh you and uh, you can have your own values it's not for everyone but we can also be accepting and open-minded to what other people do without judging it i think it's our knee-jerk reaction to be like oh that's gross or weird or who does that or something must be wrong with them or they had some trauma in their background none of that is true so the eating more butt open is like that is eating <laughs> butt was no seriously Kevin remember eating every single episode. listen eating butt was so weird for so long okay. you're gross you're gross spoken reason was like no i eat butt in the shower the story? i don't care i'm gonna say <laughs> as many times as i want because it makes sense right. and then charlemagne said it and then people dobo was like no i eat the butt but i was for honor you know stuff like that and now it's not <laughs> as weird exactly you know what i mean like so in, in cultures i was watching sopranos men don't eat their wives out in italian culture i guess mm -hmm. when the sopranos happen mm -hmm. i don't know if that's real or well, fake their dj khaled had come out and said he doesn't do that as oh, well that was like last so. year right. you know yeah. what i mean but so much so much of that is cultural but Things can shift and change in society. Mm -hmm. So I just Well, I mean in the sixties you can say pregnant on TV. So oh, we've wow. come a long really? way. I mean, people still kind of have an issue with saying vagina and actual parts of the body, but Dang. we still have a long way to go. But I think I that's what I love about social media is we have so much information that you're gonna hear it somewhere. So that starts to help educate and normalize and at least get the conversation right. started, which is important. Love it. Um, I had one last question someone's asking, and I think I'm just curious, so I am going to ask it. How do you deal with the mixing up of making love and sex? Do you differentiate those two? Yes, because okay, sometimes we just have sex. There's a physical uh, experience where it's not maybe as emotionally connected. I would bring that back to our conversation about erotic menus. So sometimes you have the fast food of sex. It's just a quickie. It just is what it is. And it's not as passionate maybe mm -hmm. as you would want. It's just, it just hits the hunger. Yeah, exactly. It scratches that itch. And then other times it might be more mindful and slow and intentional. And maybe you bring in things that are going to help evoke the mood. Got it. So just to have a, a little bit of variety and I think that's what we need with sex you know we just need to be doing it enough where we can figure out what we want and stop with the perfectionism it's Love a big it. barrier okay anything any other last words you wanted to um, offer our audience I would just say 100% of people are going to have sexual issues. It's not something to have any shame around. It doesn't matter what words. age you mm -hmm. are. It doesn't matter what background you're 100%. from. It doesn't matter if you're married or single. You know, I, I find that many people in married relationships are the loneliest. So we don't want to make generalizations. We all will have them. And so getting help, I think, only improves your own relationship with your sexuality and you can take that into relationships and you can learn intimacy so there's a lot of skill building that comes from becoming more sexually evolved love it um that was good that was a really Fantastic. powerful statement um okay so for people that are interested in following you on social media yes. please let people know where they can find you of course on instagram and then also where you're practicing yes so i'm at at dr shannon chavez i practice in beverly hills california mm -hmm. i also do teletherapy so if you're oh, out cool. of area or you would like consultation i'm available i also offer 15 minutes free consultation over the phone for people that are curious or have questions about uh sex therapy so I encourage you to reach out and uh, if not if I can't help you I will find someone who will oh that's awesome okay well y'all make sure y'all hit up Dr. Sh uh, Shannon Chavez I will put I will put up her um headshot I just realized I didn't have it because I asked for a correction but I will put that up and of course I will tag her so that way if you're interested in following Dr. Shannon on Instagram so that way you can find a direct link I think that's it that's all Kevin probably has to use the restroom as he does every single episode I'll pee on myself now before I say anything about having to go to the bathroom that also is a fetish <laughs> it, I, yes. we've heard from some yes, people we've heard. peeing uh, Yes. be a thing okay thank you guys so much for joining us today for this episode of the love hour we will see you next week same time same back channel okay bye